nope. You know, yeah. it's if we do burgers the, and fries. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. We can. We can. You know, they have one size patty. You know, we can do a double if you want. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's yeah. like, but it's good, man. They got yeah. they they got it down. So you know, when you, when when you're good, you do what you want, right? Yep. yep. Exactly. You guys ready to go? We got a big show tonight. We're we're gonna focus in on the start set as we approach the important weeks guys we you want to get into the money leagues you want to set your starting lineups proper make sure you tune in let's get to it guys District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back to Thursday Tailgate. Big game tonight, Green Bay, Tennessee. Big week week coming up, week 11. We're in the double digits. We approach the money weeks, and you want to make sure you're setting your starting lineups right and proper. You know how we do it in the district. We bring you the biggest winners, the biggest players, and the best analysts. And tonight is no different. Smash the like, smash the subscribe. I got my boy Dan. I got my boy Andrew. Big dogs themselves, no little dogs in the fantasy world. And we got our boy Theo coming in late, making a proper late entrance. Scott Spratt, start sit specialist, FTN fantasy podcast host with our boy Nelson, friend of the podcast here. And also does a little DFS action. Scott Pratt, welcome to the district, brother. We are pumped to have you tonight. Thanks for having me in, guys. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about what you do DFS wise uh, with FTN. The main thing I do is a pace and play calling type article for DFS. So I'm looking at trends and you know how many pass attempts and rush attempts are allowed per game. Looking at factors like potentially teams having leads and how that could lead to you know run positive game scripts, things along those lines. Okay. All right. Makes sense. And then. Uh, you know, your, your sit start article is something that uh, I just recently ran across. I've been a, a, a subscriber there, but I, you know, I, I kind of know what I'm looking for, which mm. blinds me to looking for new things, which is dumb, you know, so every <laughs> once in a while, it makes sense. It's called being old, man. It's called yeah, being old. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay, I, I'm there. <laughs> but uh, it, Scott, why don't you describe real quick kind of the, you know, the concept behind your sit start article, what kind of things you're looking at, and just kind of give us a general sense for, mm. for how you go about preparing that and, uh, and, and what readers can expect from it. 
I think one of the beauties of the article is that you don't have to read too much if you're not really into the pros of it all. I, I sets everybody up as like how they rank relative to the expert consensus from fantasy pros. And I look for factors that could be positives or negatives relative to that consensus. And I have a, a big advanced stats leaning. So I'm looking at things like players that have scored more or fewer touchdowns than expected based on where they've seen their targets and carry. So those expected touchdown differentials. I'm looking at things like home road splits, potentially for venue related issues, weather being a huge one in week 11, a, a lot of those types of things, uh, matchup type of things too, whether teams allow, you know, more or fewer touchdowns than expected, et cetera. So here's the glams guys. If you're watching, this is why you got to tune in on YouTube or Spotify. Just the way it's broken down is just beautiful. Um, I'll try to fit it better to the screen as as you're talking there. Sorry, Andrew. I think you had a question for Scott. No, I was just, I was gonna, no, I was, I was gonna say it's it's perfect for when you're distracted uh, in a work meeting, right? Because you got the bit, got the big bold <laughs> headlines, right? You got the pictures. That's very helpful for like the initial scroll. And when you're ready to go back and actually get nerdy with it, right, Scott? Exactly as you said with the you know the the stats lean and, and thinking through uh, you know how all the numbers work. It, you know, it's it's got the perfect second read through uh, once you actually are uh, are off the clock. And, uh, and, re and ready to get your fantasy thinking cap on. So it's got, it got a nice dual purpose there. I like the layout of the article. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, it's definitely digestible, but gives a nice in-depth and touches exactly what you wanna be looking at when you're deciding. I, I was joking with Scott, Dan, telling him, we always kind of make fun of ourselves and say, probably the weakest point of our game is those sit start, especially the really close ones. For some reason, we just seem to, you know, sometimes pick the, the wrong way, but we're going to fix that tonight. We're going to make sure everybody's got the right lineups. If you have questions in the chat, make sure you drop your questions. We'll answer uh, as much, if not all of them, by the end of the show. Guys, let's jump right into it. Dan, do you have uh, you have somewhere you want to start with uh, with Scott, or do you want me to start this thing off? No, I, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give him from um, our... You know, the, the main event that uh, you and me and Andrew and Theo did together, um, we we have a lot of, uh, well, we've got some bye week issues, but... It, well, Dan, I think it's got some got the Thursday issues. night implications too, right? This question. Yes, it does. Yeah, nice. that's that's why I'm asking. So nice. so basically, we are, we are left with a position where we have, we need to fill a running back and a flex. And basically, our options are A.J. Dillon, Wandale Robinson... Darrell Henderson and Kyron Williams. Um, everybody else is either on by or injured, pretty much. So what what would be your recommendation there? I mean, I, I kind of think I know how I want to approach it, but I want to hear how you want to approach it. So this one's a little tough for me because I've been advocating for A.J. Dillon to bounce back for weeks now, I feel like. He's had a big expected touchdown shortfall. Uh, it's by more than two touchdowns at this point. He's just had a lot of work in the red zone that hasn't manifested in actual touchdowns. Uh, so you feel like that's a real chance for him to potentially improve. And you feel like the potential for bad weather tonight. I think the snow is cleared up, but it's still very cold. It could be more of a run skew than you would typically see from the Packers. The issue is the Titans opponent, <laughs> they have a dramatically better run defense than pass defense. And they've actually allowed the most pass attempts per game and fewest rush attempts per game in the league so far this season. So I, I'm not sure this is the perfect night for Dylan. Uh, I, I guess Daryl Henderson's the other way to go, but I, I'm super nervous about the Rams' ability to move the ball without Cooper Cup. They just they don't really have a lot of other skill talent. So I guess I like very tepidly am endorsing Dylan, but I don't know. Like, what what was your thought of, of the four? 
Yeah, so that's, you know, and we also have a flex to fill. And basically what I'm looking at is Wandale didn't practice today. Yeah. And so, you know, if we don't start Dylan today, we could end up in a situation where we have to start both Darrell Henderson and Kyron Williams, which is like the... I don't know if yeah. I want that. Hey, no. hey, Dylan. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of by default, I'm like, well, uh, we're going to we're gonna throw Dylan in, I think, tonight. And then for that flex, we can kind of leave it open-ended. You know, if Wondale does end up playing, he's probably the guy I would uh, want to throw in the flex, though I would potentially consider Henderson or, or Kyron Williams if I got some kind of an indication as to um, which way L.A. was leaning. You know, if they thought they're, you know, if I could get some kind of an idea of is one of them going to get more uh, high-value touches or touches than the other, um, you know, I might go that way, but. Otherwise, uh, you know, you're kind of praying for a touchdown from Wandale. What do you think about that, Scott? Is that uh, is that a good process or no? I think so. I mean, I think in this case, you maybe are praying for a touchdown no matter who you start, uh, just because <laughs> we're kind of we're a little bit deeper than you would ideally want to be making your flex choices. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's why I think Dylan does make a lot of sense because again, it's a guy that is has been super unlucky from a touchdown perspective, and hopefully the Packers maybe ride him a little bit more because of the weather conditions. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping. And then also, I mean, there is a chance we could get Marquise Brown back from IR. Uh, but, of course, that's a Monday game. And, you know, mm. we, 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 may be, we may not even know on Sunday in time to, uh, yeah. to make that make decision. But we'll, we'll just have to see. Welcome, uh, OG Fantasy joining. What's up, Theo? Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, Scott, how you doing? What's up, Andrew? Good, Theo. What's up, how are Dan? you? Hello. And, and by the way, guys, if you're watching or listening right now and, and you haven't checked out the last two shows dropped on this channel, you're missing huge. Theo dropped a sick waiver wire show at the OG Livewire uh, for week 11, probably the most important waiver wire week that you've done that yet so far. Uh, and then you guys sat down with two of the best in the game, Theo. Who, who was that again? I can't, can't really remember. We had, we had Chris Vaccaro and Abib Agbatoba on. Um, it was a great show. Uh, Dan and I got a chance to sit with them and we we went off script a little bit. Uh, talked about some big broad topics, and uh, it's definitely worth a listen for anybody before before this weekend. Yeah, a- absolutely, without a doubt. I thought I thought it was a fun show. I thought it was, um, you know, it, it, and more than just for you know like week eleven or even the remainder of the season. Uh, just fantasy overall. Yeah, because we 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 really kind of got into you know like uh, you know. Building, building teams, you know, team building theory, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, and and things that we did this this year that we liked and didn't like, and are those, you know, you know, was it what what do we think it's going to be, you know, what do we think the environment's going to be like next year? What do we think the moves are going to be next year? So if you're already starting to think about next year a little bit, uh, definitely a good one to to go take a look at. You know, it's it's hard not to think about uh, next year with certain rosters. You right. know, if you're out of Cooper Cup, <laughs> you know, it's it's time to start thinking about it a little bit and give yourself some solace and all you, that. You so, you go buy some pieces yet, Theo? Are you sell any yet, or what? what, you what know, are you it's actually, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's this is you know just to get a little dynasty on you guys. I have a team that's like a five and five team, so it's kind of like right in the middle. Um, and I was offered Cooper Cup for DK Metcalf. And I turned it down in about an hour. I thought about it for a, for a second. I, I think that we'll be drafting Cooper Cup ahead of DK Metcalf next year, but it was just too much to trade for an injured 29-year-old for, you know, a 24-year-old. Um, and I think that there's a – I mean, there's a chance if DK goes nuclear that uh, DK is going to be a little bit closer 
in terms of where we're ranking wide receivers next year than uh, than we think at this point. So uh, it's it's a weird week. I mean, we've got two more guests coming along that are that are dynasty focused um, in the next week or so. We're going to hit a lot of those uh, those tr- those trade questions. But it's uh, it's like this is a weird time of year for our dynasty teams. But um, well, especially a trade a trade like that. Usually, you're making that move for Cup as a contender, but now he's hurt. Yeah. He's old. Yeah. You know, he's come. He's going to be come back off injuries. So it's really that's a really tough one. Uh, but we can get into that, uh, you know, tomorrow with, with the Dino guys. Scott, I want to I want to stick to this Green Bay game. We saw Watson smash last last week. You know, give give Fantasyland that excitement that we've been waiting for from a, a late season rookie. We've seen struggles in Green Bay. We've got the the over under in this game is you know like you said is probably with with temperature it's going to be cold. It, it's just at forty one right now the over under. What do you see with the rookie receiver? Uh, you know everyone's hyped to put him back in their lineup. Where, where do you see his production on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm certainly optimistic enough that hopefully you were able to grab him off the waiver wire. It seems like he's a very high ceiling player that could be a real difference maker in the fantasy playoffs. But I do think that the sort of the consensus on his value is, is gone a little bit too far to, to my liking. And in particular, and it sticks with the, the three touchdowns that he had, is that he scored from long range on <laughs> two of those touchdowns. So to score from distance, that's the type of distribution of touchdowns that tends to lead to, to regression. And so I have him with three touchdowns, but just 0.92 expected receiving touchdowns this season. That's one of the bigger surpluses, top 10 among wide receivers, something that tends to regress going forward so I think he's been a little bit lucky to score as much as he has so far and I would fade him a bit I have him outside the top 30 wide receivers this week I have him 31st where do you have Alan Lazard this week uh Scott let's see I've got him definitely ranked higher I think the the longer track record there of getting the higher target share makes me feel a lot more confident in him and the fact that the Titans tend to allow a lot more pass attempts than run attempts although again with the weather I think that's a little bit less certain than I would normally be about it. Uh, I have Lazard 15th in the position this week. Okay, so he's comfortably a high-end wide receiver too for you. Mm-hmm. How yeah, about I don't for, think there's really about, much of a start or sit decision there. You're going with him. 100%. Um, and then what about uh, Robert Tunyon? I know the tight ends are the tight ends usually do pretty well against Tennessee. Were you bullish on Tunyon this week? I am relatively bullish on him. I've got him 14th at the position. Um, it's kind of right behind the Cole Komet, Taysom Hill kind of range of guys. A lot of similarity there, I guess you would say. But I think I have something on this. Um, yeah, this it, it kind of ties into the broader point about Lazard, too, is that the Titans have increased expected passing touchdowns by 0.17 per game. That's the seventh most in football, and I think that's a little bit different than the perception of them because you think of the Titans having this really strong defense, but I think it skews a lot more heavily towards quality run defense than pass defense. So I'm willing to go with most of the, the Packers receivers. I just think if you're expecting Watson to be a three touchdown guy every week, that might be a little bit excessive. <laughs> yes, well, just maybe. Just maybe. But I'll say shout out to the chat is is really, really live right now. But I don't know if the, the cold is going to be a big deal for Christian Watson. A guy, I mean, a guy who's played at North Dakota State. Um, you know, that's practically as cold as 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 Minnesota, Dan, right? Uh, North Dakota might actually be worse. I mean, you know, we we at least have 
you know, some some periods of thaw, but basically North Dakota, the wind blows 50 miles an hour every day there all the time. So, oh, that's uh, you know, yeah, it's it, it's really rough. I mean, it's it's yeah. basically 11 months of blizzard and uh, then, you know, like a, a, a one month of desert. Is, is my understanding. <laughs> the, yeah, the good news the for us. moved to North Dakota, according to Dan Williamson. <laughs> Your point Scott. is an interesting one, too, with respect to Aaron Rodgers, because Rodgers actually tends to maintain a, a better fantasy point average at home than on the road, something you tend to expect from guys in domes, like Dak Prescott being a, a real example there of a guy that scores a lot more at home than on the road. And uh, Rodgers deals with a lot of cold weather and still gets it done in Green Bay. So you do feel better about their receivers than you would uh, a lot of other quarterbacks in similar circumstances. How about on the opposite side of the ball, uh, a guy that I'm I'm a fan of and I have a ton of dynasty exposure to. I don't have uh, I don't have the I, I'm not starting him in redraft tonight. But your thoughts on Traylon Burks? He had six targets last week, equal to season high. Uh, that was coming off of off of an injury. Do you have um, hopes for him to see an increased role tonight, or do you think that's about what we should expect for him, like a five, six target kind of guy? Honestly, I'm still a little bit pessimistic, and I think it's less to do with him and more to do with Ryan Tannehill, who himself has been recently hurt, and I'm not sure he really looked totally back to, to full strength in Week 10. And to, talking about guys that have extreme home road splits, Tannehill's averaged 2.2 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road since 2020 and playing up here, he's probably a little bit less used to this extreme cold temperatures than Aaron Rodgers would be. So I think it might be a really tough night for a lot of the pass catchers for the Titans. I think for me, it's probably a Derrick Henry or, or nobody else from that roster, unless you're playing in a deeper league. And then uh, I, I hate to ask about him, but he did have a big game last week. You were already <laughs> down on the Titans wide receivers, but Nick Westbrook Akine, Hmm. Is this just a one-off, or do you? Think I, I thought that's who you had the most shares of uh, in Dino. I will, on full disclosure, I have zero Nick Westbrook Akine shares. Andrew would never allow that on our shared teams. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Westbrook Akine had the the second biggest touchdown surplus over his expected total last week, uh, and is another guy that can that can catch a long touchdown. That's in the skill set. But that's not the kind of thing that I think you would reasonably expect to repeat. So I would say leave him on your benches. Will do. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take another one. I'll take another one. I'll, I'll take my, my born-again Colts. Scott, uh, you know, we saw Ryan a bit rejuvenated last week, this offense as a whole, the offensive line. But now they go to Philly. Uh, not ideal, you know, to the, when you're, when yeah. you're kind of riding high. But – um, and, and again, looking at the over-under, you're looking at about 45 and a half right now. So not like a super high-scoring game. Indeed, uh, is is underdog by seven. So this might help the case here. But you have Paris Campbell as a start. And we, we've seen some pretty nice production from, from the young, I almost said rookie, because he's, you know, he's almost a rookie because we've barely seen him uh, with injuries. Yeah, but by games played, yes. Yeah. Yeah, tell it. Tell us why you like uh, the, the young receiver out in India, and and if there's are, are any other pieces out in that offense that you like against a tough Philly defense. There are, and with the Eagles in general, I think it's a situation where they're just a better real life defense than fantasy defense. Um, like play them in fantasy than you would be in real life. Uh, by passing DVOA, they're the best pass defense in football, which is basically just a fancy metric of saying that they're really good at like limiting offensive efficiency. 
But the thing about that is when they build leads, that tends to encourage their opponents to pass. So they've also allowed the fifth most pass attempts per game in football this season. So whatever Matt Ryan is probably going to lose by being less efficient, and this is true of Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell and everyone else, he's probably going to make make up a little bit of that because of just passing volume, extra attempts. And I'm particularly encouraged by Campbell. It's been a bit of a, a roller coaster in recent weeks if you're just looking at his overall targets. But his two lesser target days in the last five have actually come with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. In the last three games that he's played with Matt Ryan, he's seen 11, 12, and nine targets. So I'm very bullish. I'm up to projecting him for 8.4 targets this week. That's top 20 among wide receivers. I don't have him top 20 in terms of fantasy uh, expectations, but I have him 34th. That's four spots ahead of consensus. I think he's absolutely somebody you can start in confidence, even though you're dealing with a really tough defense and tough corners. I think the volume is going to help him out. I have one uh, start sit just going through my lineups um, earlier today. We saw Nico Collins have a, a 10 target mm-hmm. game this past week. Um, the, 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 the final scoring line was not overwhelming, uh, but it seemed like a big positive sign. I have a team where I have a number of guys on a buy. It's a, a must-win FFPC main event team. I'm almost out of, of yeah. fab. It's Nico Collins for me or a struggling Kareem Hunt um, in a you know in a dome environment. Which way would you go uh, with that start sit? Yeah, it's honestly, I was a little bit with that before they decided to move that game into the dome in Detroit. I feel like that's going to make a really big difference with how effective I think the Browns can run the ball and, and kind of keep pace offensively with the Bills. So I'm going to surprisingly say I think it's Nico Collins. And there's there's a big surprise in this, which is that Davis Mills has the most extreme home road split in terms of fantasy production in the game over the last two years. He's averaged 6.4 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road. And again, that wow. makes some sense with him being... He, a, he must a, have a really good masseuse. You must have a really good masseuse. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 I'm, I'm definitely not going to comment on that. But... It, PG, uh, PG it's enough show, for baby. me to PG. have Mills as my number 20 quarterback this week. And I think Collins is absolutely startable. Um, and frankly, with, with Brandon Cooks kind of being a bit disciplined by the team, it seems like, uh, it seems like there's maybe more of a kind of a 1A, 1B target share situation there. I would be okay starting with Collins. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, Theo. I think uh, I think if you're playing Hunt, you're kind of playing for the friendliest loss. You need to go big or go home with uh, Nico. Yeah, it's 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 I would I would feel gross if I had a, you know, a six point production out of Hunt. I'd almost rather take a, you know, swing for the fences with with Collins. I, I think that's the only way you can really play it in a in a must win type game. You're not playing for, for floors um, sticking with that game. You, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're lower than consensus on on Danny Dimes this week than a number of people. I saw Danny Dimes. I've seen Danny Dimes in the top 10 for some people that mm-hmm. I respect uh, rankings. You have him as a sit. What What is your thoughts on dimes? This I week? do. And I, I do understand the logic because while we think of the Lions as having a particularly roar, uh, poor run defense, they've also been a booster of expected passing touchdowns by 0.29 per game. That's the fourth most in football. So in general, this would be a good spot for, for quarterbacks. The thing of it is, it's just you're potentially dealing with some cold temperatures and pretty high winds in New York this week against the Lions. So I think it may be a bit more of a run-oriented game there than you would typically see, even more so than you would often see with the Giants in general. So I have Daniel Jones down at 14th among quarterbacks, 
Whether or not you would sit him, I think, would depend on your league context. But relative to what the consensus in the top 10 is, I do think he's a sit this week. So, oh, go ahead, J.D. Yeah, because there's a question from the chat, please. Yeah, that, that's exactly where we're going. Dan and I were just kind of going back and forth. We, we, were gonna, we were trying to save these for the end, but shout out to the chat. It's lit right now. So we got to get to the chat. Dan, you had one up. Throw it up. And, and I wanted to ask Scott, actually, or any of you guys, What's the Mike Williams status? Because I've got him on a bunch of rosters. I have no idea what to do with him right now. Well, it sounds I mean, like it sounds like to me there's he's got a chance to play, JD. It sounds like I would guess that he plays if I had to bet on it. Um I I, I it sounds like he's trending in that direction. So yeah. I, I guess this the question would be to Scott or whoever wants to kind of take this this conversation is versus, you know, the Christian Watsons, the Kadarius Tonys. Where are you putting him? Scott, maybe you go first. I mean, for me, if Mike Williams plays, if Williams plays, then I'm going to start him and, and just hope for the best in terms of his health because I think he is is the most trustworthy of these receivers uh, in a general sense. Uh, but as for the other two, I'm actually still leaning Christian Watson there. And while I'm very optimistic about Tony long-term, he only played 44% of offensive snaps last week, even though he was the most productive receiver from a fantasy perspective. Justin Watson actually played significantly more snaps than him. And while I think that'll probably change over the rest of the season, I'd like to see him up over the 70% range before I, I fully trust him. We've seen Watson do it like in an extreme way. Right. And he's playing as the wide receiver too, with Romeo Dobbs out right now. So I just feel a little bit better about sort of the guaranteed workload there on the Packers end of things. I, I mentioned in the agreed. Well, I, I guess I, uh, agreed on the Watson, but I, I guess I would say, um, I said in the chat, Scott, that if mm -hmm. you wait tonight and pass on Tony, it gives you an opportunity to check on the Mike Will status, right? Because if, you know, Tony, true. you know, Tony or Mike Williams could be a good pivot. And what you would do tonight is obviously, you know, lock, lock in Watson. And, uh, and, and so, and so for now, I would have Tony in the lineup. Um, I think that if we knew, that Mike Williams, you know, tomorrow is not limited. He was he was full, or we got some pretty good indication mm -hmm. uh, going into Sunday um, from those overnight reports or whatever. I guess I, I I would I truly would if there was positive reports slip Mike Williams over Tony. Uh, but for now, I, I would leave Tony and just uh, to to give myself some pivot options. One I understand the logic. The question that I would have though is with Juju yeah. Smith Schuster, like still has a chance to play, right? I know he hasn't cleared concussion protocol yet, but what happens if he plays? This week, he still has a chance? I thought so. I, Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we all saw him go down. I don't, you know, I don't think it's likely that he plays, but, you know, it, there's definitely a chance. I think I think kind of the answer to that question is it kind of depends on what you need out of that, uh, you know, out of that roster spot. Um, if it's go big or go home, uh, then I think, you know, there's – you could see the avenue open to, you know, and, and it looks like Mike Williams might play. Uh, maybe you go that way and you just say, well, you know, if it doesn't happen, you know, maybe Tony can still rescue me. Um, you know, because he's, he's definitely a player who's got the skills to go off at any time, even on limited number of targets. But if you're looking for more just kind of the safe play, hey, I got to get some points here, uh, that might be the, the time to go Watson. Dan, I mean, and Stockpile does want a, a, a summary here, so we can do that next. But I would just say, Dan, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I think all three players, I, you, you could convince me all three could end up with zeros or all three could end up with 30. I mean, I, I yeah. like profile-wise, I see them all the exact same. 
which is why like i guess i i would go back to like i would want that pivot option because i think ultimately like i've liked mike williams's talent more um then tony's done it the you know second most times and then watson we just saw it last week so i guess i would go uh in ranked order uh with uh with who i've seen do it before because i think any any of them can go zero or 30 on me but i i guess if to, to summarize for for a stockpile, I, I I would leave open the the Tony Mike Williams options, and I would leave uh, Watson third. Would be my uh, ranked. Do, does anyone disagree with me? I'm, I want to answer TC Tansky. Wandell or Traylon rest of season. I'm going Traylon because upside's still there and more of a chance to hit. Yeah, Traylon for me. Traylon. Traylon. Scott. All right. Uh, yes, I, have, I think ceiling related. Yes. One Wendell is just Dan. Dan brought it up in our chat earlier. He's he's dealing with a knock um, today at practice, but he, you know he's been the last two games have been very very disappointing um, in terms of how much they're targeting him. It's been back to back. It's been you know it's it's been Darius Slayton. It's wild as it is. It's 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 kind of the Darius Slayton show in terms of the only wide receiver you can trust in New York right now. One player who was a waiver wire addition. Um, who provided some value and actually looked very good last game was Kenyon Drake. You have him as a sit this week, Scott. Uh, maybe you could explain how you would you would treat Kenyon Drake this week and 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 maybe go into Gus Edwards a little bit. Yeah, the caveat of this is just, is Gus Edwards' availability because obviously Drake did tremendous without Edwards available last time. But when they last together, which was back in week eight. Uh, like Edwards played a little bit more. Drake had just 11 carries and targets combined that week. And I'm projecting him for 10.2 this week. So kind of in that range, but that's outside the 30 among running backs. So I think it's a little bit of a risk. Um, there is another cold temperature game. Maybe that the, the Ravens will lean even heavier into the run, but Drake has also been a bit of a lucky touchdown score with four touchdowns, but two unexpected touchdowns so far this season. And honestly, I think the team would lean a little bit more heavily on Gus Edwards and typical goal line situation. All of their guys, available so i think that's why i'm leaning a little bit gus edwards i have gus a couple spots ahead of drake even though i think it's going to be a bit of a timeshare it just if the expectation is that, that you think that drake is going to give you what he gave you last time i think that might not be true scott scott can i give you an ffpc grinders not the app question uh it's really gross sure. it's uh Kenyon drake who we just talked about or latavius murray this is kind of it's kind of what we're dealing with here uh <laughs> I, I feel like Latavius Murray's in so many of my decisions this week, and I don't know why. It's I'm like, it's just sad. That's how bad I'm doing in these leagues. Yeah. I mean, the, the positive thing I can say about Latavius Murray is that he's playing the Raiders this week, and they have a – that's a top 10 expect. So, like, I, I feel pretty good for his touchdown chances from a general sense, but I think I would still go with Drake, uh, especially in any kind of format that has PPR. I think he, he draws a pretty big advantage there. Um, in half PPR, I have Drake 33rd, and I have Latavius Murray 40th, to give you some context. Okay. Nice. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, and Theo, completely related in our uh, FFPC that somehow is made – or our football guys, which is somehow made, in a playoff position right now, I did swap in Drake for Latavius Murray. So we'll you got to go with – you got to go, with, you gotta go with, the Drake, with the Drake there. But it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a fantasy football law – that whichever old dusty running back we uh, we put on the bench is going to fall in the end zone maybe twice. That's right. And the other one's going to have like five points. It's just it's just, it. just the way it is. One one guy who's not old and dusty, who's you know red hot in terms of you know people mm -hmm. viewing him as a possible league winner. Certain small smaller leagues, you know, people are unloading the clip when it comes to Fab on him. 
is Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco went over 80 yards. He looks explosive. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been phased out, it seems. What are your thoughts on Pacheco? You had him as a sit this week. Maybe your thoughts on that and, and how you view him moving forward. Yeah, honestly, I feel bad about listing him as a sit because I feel like I've been advocating him for several weeks as, as a guy that could maybe surpass Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, CEH got drafted in the first round because he was such a great after-contact runner at LSU. And Pacheco has been the better after-contact runner so far this season. I think he's top 15 among running backs in yards after contact per attempt. So I like it. I like him as a starter. I feel like he's got a good opportunity. But I have him 28th among running backs this week. That's three spots below consensus. So it's a sit, at least relative to expectations. And to me, I think a bit of a mistake to just assume that last week is going to be what it's like for this every week because they were up by multiple scores, had a great run-positive game script, and Pacheco got a lot of run late in that game. But if you look over the last three weeks when he's been a starter that whole time, he's averaged just 10 carries and targets per game, and basically none of those have been targets. So in that range, you're pretty much talking about outside the top 30 running backs. There's always a chance that the Chiefs could build a lead and create a run-positive game script again. They're going to do it a lot. And also the Chargers are a really nice run defense to face. Uh, They increase expected rushing touchdowns by 0.23 per game. But the fact of the matter is, I think this is a timeshare. And frankly, I'm not sure that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is like totally going to go away just because he had one game where he didn't get a lot of work. I, I don't remember where I heard this, Theo, but KC, who cares who the running back is? That's that's <laughs> basically my – and I agree with that. Like, I don't care about the running back. Give me the receivers. Give me the tight end. Give me the quarterback. I'm good to go. I think it's, it's – uh... You know, there's there's a number of games down the stretch where they look like they're going to be huge favorites and and not, you know, mess around. Char, it's the Chargers, and then they play the Bengals away, are like the last two like kind of difficult games for them. Um, and then if you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, Pacheco could gain a lot of steam uh, in those in those games. Um, it's a nice looking like looking playoff schedule. It's two games against Denver, and then a couple other games where you know they they should be in control. There was one super interesting start sit that you had, Scott, taking it to the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. You listed Terrace Marshall as a start and DJ Moore as a sit. Maybe you could dive a little bit into that one. Yeah, I think there is a key here, which is that my starts and sit are relative to the consensus. So I sure. do in an no, absolute so you're, sense. Well, you're more bull- maybe you could say why you're, you're more, more bullish exactly. on Marshall versus consensus and less bullish on DJ Moore versus consensus. Yeah, but just to be clear, I have more 22nd and and Marshall 43rd among wide receivers. So if you're literally choosing between the two, choose more. But the reason that I'm relatively pessimistic on more is that he's just seen a dramatically bigger target share with P.J. Walker at quarterback this year. It's almost a 10 percent increase compared to Baker Mayfield. And while I would think that would probably be random, I don't know. There could be something to it with Baker maybe being a little bit shorter maybe can't work the middle of the field as much as some other quarterbacks, a place where DJ Moore does a lot of work and he's not that big himself. Uh, so to me, it's, a, it's been a bit of a discouraging workload there. Whereas with Terrace Marshall, I'm not sure that everyone is called up to the fact how much he's been playing since the Robbie Anderson trade. He's averaged five targets per game since he became the starter in week seven. Um, and to me, that's, you know, 43rd isn't exactly like your standard league. You're going to throw him in every lineup, but I think, that the consensus is a little bitch. Uh He's a player that's getting a good bit of run, and you could easily see the Panthers falling behind against the Ravens up in Baltimore and having to pass and maybe benefiting Marshall down the stretch. 
No, we love seeing the, the Terrace Marshall uh, bounce back season in the GOAT district. We don't take L's in the GOAT, GOAT district. We just wait long enough for our guys to get some value. <laughs> Perfect. Yep, if you wait long enough, everything comes back into fashion. Even Bell It all comes full circle. <laughs> Even Paris Campbell. Even Paris Campbell, guys. That's right. Mm-hmm. Paris Campbell. Yeah. Dan and I talked about a Paris Campbell DJ Moore uh, earlier, and, and it was maybe less talking and, and more I gave a take, and then Dan just kind of let me work it out myself. And I ultimately landed on Paris Campbell between the two of those. But uh, it was like a, a golem situation where I kind of just went into a closet and started screaming at myself uh, until it's, I landed on Paris Campbell. It's, it's, very, it's, very, it's very, very sad um, yeah. when you have to bench, bench a guy like DJ Moore. Um, but I think that you have you would have to go Paris know. Campbell over DJ Moore. It's not, I, mean, I don't think it's, uh, you know, in terms of like – expectations and what we've seen it's like the the connection between campbell and ryan is wild right now so gotta go gotta go with him and and, and i'm sorry well i was just gonna say dan's typically so aggressive in his communications he's a great communicator but i think he's kind of learned to just like like (laughs) plant some seeds and kind of let me work it out myself absolutely uh, he's he's really adapted to my my style uh, with those kind of start set decisions. So, yeah, I, real I, question for you, please. I, I, I got to tell you, owning a team with Andrew is one of the most interesting experiences in this, right, guys? <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. I love bouncing ideas off of Andrew's. Oh, I do too. Andrew, but we get, we get super, you get super emotional and, and uh, attached to some of your guys. You got yeah. You got to love it. Some? Gotta love it. Just some? Oh, everyone. <laughs> one guy, one guy, I'm, I'm curious if anything changes. You have Amari Cooper as a sit. Hmm. Um, with the change of venue going from the Minnesota-esque conditions of Buffalo to the friendly dome, yeah. does this change anything with your Amari Cooper valuation for this week? It act- it really does. To me, like he would no longer be a sit relative to expectations. I think there's two things involved here. One is that in the dome, the conditions are just going to be better for offense that way. Like you expect him to probably see more targets for the Browns in general to th- throw more passes. But also I think the fact that the Bills will probably be able to score more to their typical standard, I think that's good for game script reasons, where if the Browns end up falling more behind, that's going to motivate passes to Cooper and to Donovan Peoples-Jones, for that matter, another player that I generally like. Uh, so I think this th- this move is, I think, really good for the Browns wide receivers from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, so it, just to, to piggyback on that, uh, DPJ hasn't gotten a touchdown all year yet. Scott, do you know offhand – like what his what his expected touchdowns should be based on his uh, his catches. I do. I've been writing it pretty much every week for the last five weeks. It's a it's like two point two expected touchdowns so far this season uh, based on where he's seen those targets. So he is big time due for some some touchdown luck. And I know that sounds really nerdy for everybody that's not as used to that. But guys like Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, like there have been a lot of guys that have have broken through in the last few weeks. Who this was a big sign pointing to that happening. I think Peoples Jones is definitely due. He's going to score. I think probably three touchdowns the rest of the way, at least. Scott, I, I read I read this guy Scott Spratt's article, and he actually says it's two point four one. So I don't know if you want okay. to argue. <laughs> it sounds even better than I expected. I mean, we're all, yeah. all right, guys, we got five minutes. We got five minutes till it's lock them and load them with your lineups. We want to, we want to talk tonight. Quick, quick, uh, quick prediction, Scott, maybe or or okay, let Theo Theo's Theo came in. Theo, do you choose tonight or do we go with like a last, like a very sneaky start set for this weekend? Which one do you want to go? Um, I, I'd say we should give our predictions for, for tonight because I believe uh, 
I'm usually correct on these ones. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go last. I'll go wow. last. Uh, and he wants to go last. And he goes last. Always he makes last. a statement and then he goes last. All right. All right. We'll go to our guest first for sure. I, I, plus three right now it is the uh, plus three, minus three. Anyways, three points who, difference who, who right who now. Who is plus three? Plus Somebody. three, Tennessee. Tennessee plus three? Nice. Yeah. So Green Bay's favored right now. Are we picking against the spread? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. No money lines that, here, man. It's a district. Given that, I will take the Titans. It's kind of weird, but don't you feel like the Titans are the team that should play in cold weather? I mean, they're they're a power running team that likes to rely, to, to use the play action pass. So to me, it could be a really nice Derrick Henry night. Give me the 30 plus carries. I think the Titans are going to cover. I will oh, go yeah. Green Green Bay minus the three, JD. I'll just go in in uh in order because I'm next to Scott on the screen. I'll go Green Bay minus the three. I think Green Bay wins this game by six. Oh, I was damn it, Theo. I was just trying to look up alternative lines because I was going to say I, not only do I like the Green Bay minus three, but I was trying to figure out what you could get for a, a, an alt line of Green Bay minus six or minus seven. I like Green Bay by about a touchdown tonight, so I uh, I, I agree there. And I'll say uh, shout out to Stockpile in the chat. Uh, Christian Watson, he's saying three for 56. I'm going to say Christian Watson, four for 77 and a touchdown. Nice. Yeah, as the Vikings fan in the uh, in the room, I'll tell you what. I, I hope that what we saw last week versus Dallas was not Green Bay doing their White Walker imitation, you know, yep. where all of a sudden they're just the eyes come open and they're, you know, bright blue and and they're coming for us. Um because that's that's what seems to happen every year with Green Bay, even when they start off crappy. Uh, but I'm I'm taking Tennessee on this one. Tennessee just has a way of kind of crushing the life out of all their opponents. Uh, you know they they are not a fun team to watch for the most part, unless Derrick Henry's getting loose. But uh, they they know how to win games, and I'm just not sure that Green Bay is built to take on a team like Tennessee quite yet. I don't know if they're far enough along, but. So I'm I'm taking Tennessee, but that might be the homer in me speaking. I I heard a, a stat today or or a, a line today that the last time the Packers were four and six at this point of the season, the next time they lost was in the playoffs, and I believe it was divisional uh, playoffs that they lost. So maybe they go on a little run. Maybe Rodgers has found his his go to guy, um, and I just I just can't like the titans man i'm a colts fan i'm gonna go green bay. let's let's get a win against the afc here come on all right scott it's you and me with the uh the titans. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta all you have to do is cover out. they don't have to win we're good oh yeah yeah I'll, I'll ask one more thing for scott scott give somebody give us a sneaky start maybe we didn't go over tonight on the show um that could maybe bail somebody out tonight maybe somebody under the radar that you like a little bit ahead Okay. Um, I don't know how far under the radar it is, but let me point out Rondale Moore. After Zach Ertz got injured last week, he had a higher target percentage the rest of the game, and this was first quarter on, than any wide receiver has had so far this season. So I'm I'm pretty bullish on Moore. I have him projected for 9.2 targets this week and have him as a top 20 wide receiver. Love it. Love it. Love. We love that. We're, yes. we're big, big Rondale Moore owners in, in the district, so we love that. Scott, why don't you keep going and remind all the peeps where they can find all your goodness, when it drops, and anything else you want to share before we close it up. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I've had a great time coming on. I'm Scott Spratt, at Scott underscore Spratt on Twitter. I tweet out content there, so that's an easy place to find me. 
Uh, the Start Sit article usually comes out mid-afternoon on Thursdays on FTNFantasy.com. It's free. I write a couple of other articles in FTN that are subscription only, but I would highly encourage you to subscribe. And then I have the Advanced Stats with Scott Spratt podcast, which has an episode come out on Tuesday and Friday morning each week. Awesome. Theo, we got uh, something brewing for tomorrow night for our Dynasty DGENs, something serious. So tomorrow we'll, we'll hit like 10% redraft just because of the time, but it'll be about 90% um, of Dynasty with our friend Austin R. Martin. Um, if you enjoy our high-stakes content, Austin is it when it comes to, to high-stakes uh, fantasy. Um, I would say he's probably the, the most well-known and most successful FFPC high-stakes grinder. He's also a tremendous redraft player. Uh, we compete in leagues against him. Um, and we're really looking forward to getting a chance to sit down and talk to him uh, tomorrow night. Guys, smash the like, smash the subscribe, follow every handle on the screen. Uh, I know these guys are, are hardworking. They want to help you guys win. And why don't you guys give us uh, in the comments, let us know what kind of content you're looking for from now till the end of the season. Cause it's getting, we're, we're like surgeons now, guys, we got to get focused, you know, not, none of this like macro stuff. We're getting micro we got to get to the, the prizes, and we're going to help you do that. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night. We've got a big dino show. And good luck tonight, guys. Good luck week 11. Let's get the money weeks. Check you all. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's a... And I always be traded. 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 And I always be traded. 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 And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Bait them. Fish. Damn it, I was gonna I was gonna ask Scott for those Chapel Hill recommendations. I'll just DM him, it's fine. Yeah. DM him, man. DM him. Get in the DMs. This guy, this guy, uh, Harry Snowman thinks that you know how like all my teams are called GOAT District, and then a lot of our teams together are called GOAT District. So he thinks that one of my teams that I own solo is like all of us. So he always wants us to discuss me us buying Kelsey off him, you know. <laughs> Harry Snowman, Harry Snowman, that's all that's all JD right there. You're going to do one of those 10 minute pods where you just get them on, just negotiate the shit out of JD. That's a great idea. Oh, there you go. New pod idea. You're not allowed yep. off the stream until you, we, we figure out a deal. Andrew, get the intern on that. That's a, yeah. that's a great idea. My idea. Intern, you, you, you can hear it.